Chapter 3 of Mortal Engines by Philip Reeve. <clears throat> there was no time to think. Catherine screamed, dog growled, the girl hesitated for a moment, and Tom saw his chance and threw himself forward, grabbing her arm as she drove the knife at Valentine's heart. She hissed, writhing, and the knife dropped to the deck as she twisted free and darted away along the catwalk. Stop her! bellowed Valentine, starting forward. But the other refugees had seen the knife and were milling about in fright, barring his way. Several of the scavengers had pulled out firearms, and an armored policeman came lumbering through the crowd like a huge blue beetle, shouting, No guns allowed in London! Glancing over the scavengers' heads, Tom glimpsed a dark silhouette against the distant glare of furnaces. The girl was at the far end of the catwalk, climbing nimbly up a ladder to a higher level. He ran after her and snatched at her ankle as she reached the top. He missed by a few inches, and at the same moment a dart hissed past him, striking sparks from the rungs. He looked back. Two more policemen were thrusting through the crowd with crossbows raised. Beyond them he could see Catherine and her father watching him. "'Don't shoot!' he shouted. "'I can catch her!' He flung himself at the ladder and scrambled eagerly upward, determined to be the one to capture the would-be assassin. He could feel his heart pounding with excitement. After all, those dull years spent dreaming of adventures, suddenly he was having one, and he had saved Mr. Valentine's life. He was a hero. The girl was already heading along the maze of high-level catwalks that led toward the furnace district. Hoping that Catherine could still see him, Tom set off in pursuit. The catwalk forked and narrowed, the handrails only a yard apart. Below him, the work of the digestion yards went on regardless. No one down there had noticed the drama being played out above their heads. He plunged through deep shadows and warm, blinding clouds of steam, with the girl always a few feet ahead. A low duct caught her red scarf and ripped it off. <clears throat> her long hair was coppery in the dim glow of the furnaces, but Tom still couldn't see her face. He wondered if she was pretty, a beautiful assassin from the Anti-Traction League. He ducked past the dangling headscarf and ran on, gasping for breath, fumbling his collar open. Down a giddy spiral of iron stairs and out onto the floor of the digestion yards, flashing through the shadows of conveyor belts and huge spherical gas tanks, a gang of convict laborers looked up in amazement as the girl raced by. Stop her! yelled Tom. They just stood, gawping as he passed. But when he looked back, he saw that one of the apprentice engineers who had been supervising them had broken off his work to join the chase. Tom immediately regretted shouting out. He wasn't going to give up his victory to some stupid engineer. He put on an extra spurt of speed so that he should be the one who caught her. Ahead, the way was barred by a circular hole in the deck plate ringed by rusty handrails. A waste chute, scorched and blackened where a clinker from the furnaces had been tipped down. The girl broke her pace for a moment, wondering what way to turn. When she went on, Tom had narrowed her lead. His outstretched fingers grabbed her pack. The strap broke and she stopped and spun to face him, lit by the red glare of the smelters. She was no older than Tom, and she was hideous. A terrible scar ran down her face from forehead to jaw, making it look like a portrait that had been furious, furiously crossed out. Her mouth was wrenched sideways in a permanent sneer, her nose was a smashed stub, and her single eye stared at him out of the wreckage, as gray and chill as a winter sea. "'Why didn't you let me kill him?' she hissed. 
He was so shocked that he couldn't move or speak, could only stand there as the girl reached down for her fallen pack and turned to run on. But behind him, police whistles were blowing and crossbow darts came sparking against the metal deck plates and the overhead ducts. The girl dropped the pack and fell sideways, gasping a filthy curse. Tom hadn't even imagined that girls knew such words. Don't shoot, he yelled, waving toward the policemen. They were lumbering down the spiral stair beyond the gas tanks, shooting as they came, as if they didn't much care that Tom was in the way. Don't shoot! The girl scrambled up, and he saw that a crossbow dart had gone through her leg just above the knee. She clutched at it, blood welling out beyond between her fingers. Her breath came in sobs as she backed up against the handrail, lifting herself awkwardly over it. Behind her, the waist chute gaped like an open mouth. No! Shot, shouted Tom, seeing what she meant to do. He didn't feel like a hero anymore. He just felt sorry for this poor, hideous girl, and guilty at being the one who had trapped her here. He held out his hand to her, willing her, her not to jump. I couldn't let you hurt Mr. Valentine, he said, shouting to make her hear him above the din of the gut. He's a good man, a kind, brave, wonderful... The girl lunged forward, shoving her awful, noseless face toward him. Look at me, she said her voice all twisted by her twisted mouth. Look what your brave, kind Valentine did to me. What do you mean? Ask him, she screamed. Ask him what he did to Hester Shaw. The police were closer now. Tom could feel their footsteps drumming on the deck. The girl glanced past him, then heaved her wounded leg over the handrail, crying out at the pain. No, pleaded Tom again, but too late. Her ragged great coat snapped and fluttered, and she was gone. He flung himself forward and peered down the shadowed chute. A cool blast of air came up at him, mingled with the smell of mud and crushed vegetation, the smell of the speeding earth beneath the city. No! She had jumped. She had jumped right out of the city to her death. Hester Shaw. He would have to remember that name and say a prayer for her to one of London's many gods. Shapes loomed out of the drifting smoke. The policemen were advancing cautiously like watchful crabs. And Valentine was with them, running ahead. In the shadows under a gas tank, Tom saw the young engineer looking on, shocked. Tom tried to smile at him, but his face felt frozen. And the next moment, another thick swag of smoke had folded over him, blotting out everything. Tom, are you all right? Val Valentine ran up, barely winded by the long chase. Where is she? "'Where's the girl?' "'Dead,' Tom said lamely. "'Valentine stood beside him at the handrail and peered over. "'The shadows of the drifting smoke moved over his face like cobwebs. "'There was a strange light in his eyes, and his, fate was his face was tight and white and frightened. "'Did you see her, Tom? "'Did she have a scar?' "'Yes,' said Tom, wondering how Valentine could know that. It was horrible. Her eye was gone and her nose. Then he remembered the terrible thing that the girl had told him. And she said... But he wasn't sure if he should tell Mr. Valentine what she had said. It was a lie. Insane. She said her name was Hester Shaw. Great Kirk, hissed Valentine. And Tom flinched backward, wishing he had never mentioned it. But when he looked up again, Valentine was smiling kindly at him his eyes full of sorrow. Don't worry, Tom, he said. 
I'm sorry. Tom felt a big, gentle hand on his shoulder, and then... He was never quite sure how it happened. A twist, a shove, and he was pitching over the handrail and falling just as Hester Shaw had fallen, flailing wildly for a hold on the smooth metal at the brim of the waist chute. He pushed me, he thought, and it was more amazement that he felt than fear as the black throat swallowed him down into the dark.